before we get too much momentum here. Uh, <laughs> Roger, thanks. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Thanks for having me on the show, Todd. I really appreciate it. It's it's overdue. We've talked about this for uh, in in the past for sure. Um, let let the good folks at home who don't already know you let let them know what's going on here. Uh, well, my name is Roger Reichert. I am one of the hosts of the Gamerheads podcast, and also I am a writer reviewer for Pure Nintendo. Uh, that's actually relatively new, so nice. uh, that happened. Uh, and then the other new thing that happens to me, I'm also a, an instructional designer. So actually, I make games, <laughs> not in the sense that like people might think of games, but I make like educational games. So nobody's going to play them except for the people that I work with, uh, but it's still fun. So. Well, and, and I know a little bit about that because I made a game for children. So Nice. They're they're not exactly tuning in, nor probably should they. So. <laughs> but when did that start? That's cool. So when I say I make games, um, the games that I make, like we do use Unity. I am not proficient in Unity, so like other people make games in Unity. I, I use programs like Storyline, um, which is like very popular in my industry. Um you can, it's like PowerPoint on steroids, but you can do pretty cool stuff with it. Like I made a baseball game with it where it keeps track of your score and uh, there's different questions in different innings and the questions are work-related questions. And if you get them right, then it plays a little montage of uh, the characters hitting a baseball and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's gamifying learning basically. Uh, and it's easy to go like, oh, that's not, you know, what what I'm into and that's what I wouldn't play at home. But like when it comes to actual learning stuff and stuff, you have to do either way. Who's not grateful for that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? Because it's adult learning is different than like when you're in school and you sit there and you just get talked or lectured to, right. That's, that's not the learning that happens like that. (laughs) I question the learning even in like, you know, is that even efficient for our kids? Like, I don't know. Probably. Not, there's there's certain aspects that they need that but uh, but when you're a, when you're an adult learner like what you really want to know is how do i do my job efficiently and and have the tools to do my job and then make it fun too right so it's not boring you're just sitting through uh hit the key here do this right so <laughs> that's such an interesting thing because my wife and i have had to explore this because we just finished a year of homeschooling Okay. Which we did not plan to do. And <laughs> things have just been so hectic here in the local district. We just went, let's, we have an opportunity to take care of it. Let's take care of it ourselves. Let's do it in house. So we've had a weird thing where it's been like, what about school doesn't work? And what about mm. like children's education stands out as if, like, what didn't work well for us when we were kids? Yeah. She and I both remembered very well things that teachers did and things about the schedule that didn't make sense to us. And, we have found some stuff like there's for sure stuff that's part of like, you know, public schooling or private schooling or whatever. That's just kind of a product of you've got all these kids that you have to do the best you can for the group. Yeah. And it's like, what does our child need to learn to learn to teach himself the way he will when he's grown? Like you yeah. said, it's going to be you're going to have a career and you're going to have to teach yourself certain skills. <laughs> How how can we give you that, you know? And yeah. oh, we've we've had a tremendous time. I, I love it now. I'm I'm kind of hooked. I hope we don't go back, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because we we have also 
because of the pandemic, we also did homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit different. Like we actually went through like an online school. Like they offer like, Hey, you can attend these classes and a teacher, you know, is at these classes and do zoom classes. Um, my oldest though, she did book shark, which is more of like what you were saying. You order a bunch of books and we then did they book read shark. through. You did. Yeah. That's ours. See? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, and they, and they loved it and they're going to do it again next year. Um, I will say, uh, it is, I mean, I have all the respect for teachers in the world because sure. it is really hard mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to keep kids, uh, especially like just, we only have two that are like in school. Um, but yeah, that's really difficult. And, and that separation between parent and like teacher is really difficult too. And I used to quote, cause like, again, we weren't doing the teaching, but we had some aspects of like the camera's off. Now they have to do work and we have to help them with their schoolwork. And yeah, my wife did a lot of that and I give her so much praise for that because I was like, I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> we, we split topics here and I was totally ready to just take on the whole thing, but my wife was like, yeah. no, let's both get involved and good. Cause there's certain things she'll teach better than I could ever hope to, uh, with a book in my hand, I couldn't teach what she can teach. <laughs> so, um, but it was, it was fascinating on that front because like, I thought the Bookshark thing was really cool. My only complaint about Bookshark is some of the worksheets were clearly written 40 years ago. Yes. I don't know if you've seen any of these examples. Yes. Some of them are yes. so funny that we, my wife and I will text back and forth like, have you seen this worksheet? There's stuff about like, <laughs> you know, like washing laundry in the dish pan yeah. and, and wringing yeah. things out and hanging them out to dry out on the prairie or whatever. And it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Well, he doesn't need to know this. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, no, I've noticed a couple of that too. Um, the one thing that I really appreciated, um, and this was really cool, is so like part of the book shark that my daughter went through is that was um, you'd read a book on a different culture, a different religion. Um, and then my daughter really wanted to learn more about that culture and religion. So she's really into cooking. So she then went out and found recipes from uh, the different cultures and different, you know, uh, countries and stuff like that. And then tried to make food from, uh, the different, uh, areas that she was learning. That was, that was really fun. That was a really cool experience for her and, and for me, cause I got to eat the food. So, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, how's, how's the podcast going? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's funny that you asked that, uh, it's going well. Uh, so you probably know this, but I took a break and then I came back and then I took another break. Uh, and then I came back again. So, um, you know, I will say this when I first did the podcast, so I've been podcasting since 2016. I think we started around the same time. Didn't we? I think pretty close, right? This podcast. Yes. I I was podcasting five or six years before that on other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so back in 2016, I mean, like that was a second job for me. Like I was, uh, I was learning a lot too. So I didn't know a lot about what I was doing. Um, oh, sure. uh, and, and I thought if I'm going to go back to podcasting, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to put 40 hours into this again, like I was doing before. So, yeah. um, 
which has made it much more fun. Like before it was yeah. a job and I was stressed out about, I don't know why, but I was stressed <laughs> out about it. Uh, but now it's fun and I just, you know, I have fun with it. So I'm so glad like we, we talked at a time when we were both probably a little bit burnt out on things. Yeah. And I don't know how much of this you remember, but you came to me like, dude, I'm thinking about just walking away. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I said some version of like, if that's where your head is at, walk away, just yeah. walk. Away. And I, and I told you, I have quit this seven different times because yeah. you, you get to that point. And I understand kind of why sometimes now you're hearing some of the bigger podcasts, they will work on it as if they're doing like a season of television. Like they will <laughs> yeah. work hard nonstop, like several weeks or a month or something, line up tons of shows, get everything done. And then they just don't do it for a long time. And then they've got the shows scheduled weekly or however often. And that makes sense to me because when I'm ready to do it, I want to work and do it hard and just keep going. Uh, yeah. You and I are doing my second show of four between today and tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. Today, uh, I've got thank three. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad that I'm like, I mean, very nice. Which, by you, the way, you. I need to reschedule. I'll talk to you later. No. Um, <laughs> I didn't hit record, so sorry about that. Actually, this is for me to tell you I have to reschedule. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that was kind of random, honestly. I, I I put out put out the call on Twitter. I said, hey, time to go. Just moved hosts. Let's make it worth the effort. And uh, you and a number of people got back to me, and I was so grateful. I just told everybody, hey, book whenever you want. And randomly, almost everyone picked the exact same time. <laughs> it was like <laughs> today and tomorrow and one guy next week. Oh, and man. It's like half the summer. Yeah. Which yeah. I love. That's great. I'm excited now. By this time next week, I have no idea how I'll feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think this sort of spills over into the rest of what we do, the content creation and the development and writing and music and all the things people who listen to this show do. I think there's a lot of this. And I want people to know, no problem. There's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're never going to come back. This podcast, I will straight up in my head, I'll go, never again. I'm done. Mm. I did it fine. It was fun. I'm done. And you know, month, two months, three months later, I come back and go, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's knock yeah. it out. And everything's fine. Doesn't yeah. Matter. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I do remember, I mean, I appreciate uh, our friendship and the fact that I do talk to you about certain like, Oh man, I'm burnt out. And you're like, Hey, like you said, just walk away from it. And I did. I, I was like, you know what? I, I am going to walk away from it. And, and it was a good break. And uh, and it just allowed me to think through like how I want to structure the show going forward. And also a promise to myself that I'm not going to let it consume my life like it did before, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I do appreciate the fact that, uh, I can reach out to you and I have, and just said, Hey, uh, I need to talk or I just have something that I just need to get by you or get your thoughts on. And, like, I remember even um, when there was a situation where uh, there was a gaffe that was made on uh, my podcast a long time ago, uh, and it caused quite a, uh, quite a, I don't know, a stir, I guess. And like, you were the first one that was like, hey, like, this is how you can handle this situation and stuff like that. And I appreciated that too. Like the fact that you reached out to me and just said, hey, 
I, I'm not going to get into it because I don't. Want we, we should, yeah, we don't need to get into it. But in my head, I'm thinking like, I don't entirely. No, I think I think now that we you mentioned that, yeah, I think I think I know. And and same same goes. Like I'm I'm glad to have uh, yourself and a couple other podcasters in the space. Like if anyone's wondering, like, do these these podcasters who have kind of similar stuff, do they think about each other? Like, oh, forget that guy. No, not at all. It's not. It's, not like, it's it's more like I moved onto a house on a new street and was super grateful to find out there were any other people living there at all. It's like, yeah. like yeah. I have a neighbor down the street and we can talk and like, hey, how's, how's things down here? Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> I think we're all much more trying to help one another survive because this is... Um, it can be the height of fantastic, like creating content for, for gamers and game developers and creative people. And it can also be soul crushing. And if I run into the other people who may be having their souls crushed, we should all be talking, I think. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I think it's funny that you say that because I do think there are people out there that feel other podcasts are rivals which is weird to me like oh we're in the same space like we have to be rivals i'm like or we can like have each other on our, each other's shows and like talk to each other and learn from each other but yeah but that's okay too <laughs> yeah. yeah it's right either's fine if, if i find out someone doesn't want to talk then i don't want to bother you that's fine too i, I guess we've probably all seen that once in a while but um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's a funny thing we do. And it's I think for most of us, I, I don't know of any game dev podcasters who have like big studio deals to do this stuff. I know <laughs> podcasting is less independent all the time, but I think most of us just wanted to start doing a thing. Mm-hmm. And the ones who have survived, uh, we should at least be talking and checking in on one another. If you <laughs> ask me, <I'd... laughs> that's true. Uh, are you still sane? Are you still, are you still alive? <laughs> exactly. like, do you need anything? Yeah. Exactly. What about the rest of the uh, Gamerheads crew? Like, what's the roster these days? Um, so for it's myself and then a friend of mine, um, Phil, who uh, Phil Hoff, who uh, was on the Gamerhead show before. And then we did another indie podcast. Um, together and then uh mike ryan who is also on the show as well um and uh he and the, all these folks like i like i knew both of them from the gamerhead side too but i knew them from other podcasts prior to being on the gamerhead show and we became really good friends just through podcasting um and i think that's one of the things that i really missed when i stopped podcasting is just chatting with my friends mm-hmm. um and just talking about video games. And I, and I realized like, I probably just needed that space just for myself. Right. Um, and that's actually the direction that we took. I, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on like re- reviewing a lot of games. Like I was, you know, <laughs> I was like really head down, like, all right, I got a slew of games here that got to be reviewed. Who wants to review these? Right. And I and, like, it was pretty hardcore. And I think people didn't really appreciate me like, <laughs> in that space either like probably stressed a lot of people out so uh i changed i just changed the mentality of that and just said let's just have fun let's just make it fun that's what it started out as and now that's what it is so that's yeah that's another thing is when 
<laughs> it it sounds more like oh look at me than it, than I mean it when I say like as things start to progress like you know you'll hear from the occasional sponsor or somebody wants to send you something and like you do have to do little tiny bits of like okay let's put our business hats on and and figure out how we sort of grow this thing or move it forward like I have to keep in the front of my mind at all times anybody who does anything with me here either they're not getting paid or they're not getting paid enough. <laughs> You know, yeah, like yeah. me, and I'm not either. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's, it's never worth people walking away upset. People getting like, mm-hmm. if you know, if I have a buddy who's been on a couple of times and he's going to come help me do ad reads for a while, which is something that'll happen once in a while, and I feel like he needs a night off, like I don't even ask. I just go like, hey, let's let's reschedule this week. You want to do like week off? Go hit it back next week. Like, yeah, great. You yeah. got to keep it casual, or yeah. everyone's you only stand to lose, you know, (laughs) like people are going to be upset and like game reviews. You want to talk about soul crushing. (laughs) It's a kind of fun thing, but also you really got to (laughs) watch the, the burnout factor on that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because, uh, I think there's a lot of people and, and maybe this is the case, but like, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like people, get super jealous of, and of like, Oh, you get to review games, blah, blah, blah. And like, there is a difference between playing games for enjoyment and playing games for reviews. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm super, super grateful for like the reviews I get to do. And, uh, and I, I love the fact that I'm a reviewer for pure Nintendo and like yeah. that is that world, right? Like I get to review games for them and hone into my writing skills and my review skills. Um, but it is, that's the one thing I like about the fact that I'm reviewing for pure Nintendo is that I'm not running that, right? I have an yeah. editor that says, here's the list of the games we need. And there's a staff of people that review the games, right? I'm not running that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah it is really stressful. Um, and I don't think people realize like how stressful that is. Cause I mean, you know, like you, I don't know. It's, I don't pay people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get paid for my reviews either. Like, uh, I do it because I enjoy it and that's, that's a hobby that I do. So, yeah. um, but it is, it is stressful. I mean, it is. It's, it's <laughs> just, well, and, and I think, well, the other thing too, it, like this, this happened when we were like heavy into reviewing, I'll, I'll still review a couple games for game gamer heads every once in a while. Um, but when we were heavy in reviews, um, I had friends like, you know, when they first joined, they're like, Oh, I, w- I want to review games. This is gonna be so much fun. And I'm like, yeah. So like I showed them a list of the games, they'd pick out a game and you know, after a while, they're just like, I just want to play this one game. <laughs> Like my, my game that I bought, I just want to play that game. I don't want to spend time, my free time on reviewing games. So I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, uh, and then of course I would be like, no, you have to spend your free time <laughs> reviewing games. All right. Like I was never like that, but it is hard. I mean, it's, it's a different, uh, and these people, like, I never paid anybody. Like that wasn't, I didn't have money to pay anybody. So it right. wasn't like, uh, we were doing a we were doing it. We were professional, but we weren't getting paid for our reviews. So, because it wasn't yeah. a job, it wasn't wasn't our job. So, I did dabble in game reviews for a very short time. Like as I was just getting started in like around the same time, I I sold my first article to like a like a real outlet. 
I went, if I could get in with them doing reviews too, that would be better. So while I was getting paid for like interview type stuff and features I was writing, I worked with another site that was not paying who would provide games to review and like it would just be your game after that, of course, because yeah. everything's digital and that's how it's going to yeah. work anyway. But um, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a nice guy, but he was not paying writers. I wouldn't do it again. But for the first couple, I went, OK, I'll do this. I'll learn what I'm doing. I'll get a feel for it. And then I can decide if I want to also be a reviewer. I remember the first game was Victor Varan, my first okay. review of all time. And yeah. I went, I like the category. I will live and breathe this game. Like I will not let anyone push me on time. I'll take my time with it. I'll get it done and I'll do a good job. And then maybe I won't like upset all the players and hear all the typical, like (laughs) typical games, journalist, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) So I, I really worked hard on it, lived and breathed this thing, researched it into oblivion, you know, rolled the credits, the whole thing. And I I included in the sound design portion that like there was this one um, VO role that I I found irritating. There was a character Mm. in the game that I like, I I didn't like that performance and I didn't like nail it to the wall, but I was like, this character got on my nerves. I didn't like the performance. And that turned out to be the voice of the Witcher, which I had no idea. (laughs) 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 And so (laughs) the studio commented on that. The players were commenting on that. The staff was commenting on that. I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I realized this is not for me. I can't, I can't review (laughs) games. This isn't for me. One of the last. Yeah. There is objectivity in reviewing for sure, but also there is you as a person, right? And, and if you were put off by that, I don't think anybody can say, how dare you? How dare you be put (laughs) off by that? Right? Like, that was just how, I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing with me. There's games that people are like, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like it just, this, this aspect, I just, it didn't click with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like as a reviewer, like, or as gamers, like we have to realize that we're not all the same and that's yeah. actually really good that we're not. So, um, I also find that I'm much more forgiving because I am older. So I played a lot of like my first system was a Pong system, like an actual (laughs) Pong machine and then moved up to Atari. And the fact that a lot of the games that I played were really, really broken, but I was like, this is great. I can't believe it. This is so amazing. Right? Like I'm much more forgiving of games because of the fact that that's my background. And that's where I, I have my roots in broken games that like, were published and produced and my parents paid for uh it amazes me when i see somebody craft something and uh and i'm just i'm just in awe of the fact that wow you created this you created this this you know piece of media this piece of art and um i don't know i feel like that's i hope at least in my reviews that that comes through is that i highlight the things that I really enjoy about the game. And sure, I'm critical about things too, but yeah, like hope that my criticism that comes through is uh, from not, not a mean spirited way. Not that, not that yours was either. I'm just saying like, <laughs> sure. yeah. And, and I, for me that I think that was part of the problem was I realized like what I said here was valid. I was not unreasonable. Uh, 
I, I do have a thing where I, I routinely have very different opinions from most <laughs> players, whether good or bad. And that should make me a good reviewer, theoretically, mm-hmm. because like, oh, this guy has a different take on it. Let's see what he says. And doing what I feel like should be a good job. It was still the most stressful thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I just, even if I'm doing a good job at this, I can't continue to do this to myself or I won't sleep at night. Like yeah. for the most part, I have a thick skin online and I deal with a lot and I it, it mostly bounces. Off. I, I will go nuts for a minute if I get upset, but then everything's <laughs> fine <laughs> moments later. And I still felt like, you know, I'm I'm losing sleep like two nights later. I can't do this. This isn't yeah. for me. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like I said, writing reviews and playing games for a review is different than playing games for like entertainment. Um, yeah. Not that you can't get entertainment out of playing games for review, but but like I find myself I'm taking notes while I'm playing games, right? right? If I'm reviewing it, I'm not doing that if I'm just playing a game for fun. But if like I'm reviewing a game, I'm like, all right, like this is this, right? I'll pause the game. I'll mark a bunch of notes down. Um which is still, I mean, I enjoy it. I was just saying it's, it's, it's different. And then when, uh, when I had a lot more people on Gamerheads that were doing a lot more reviews and they, they said they would say the same thing. And they said this to me, it was just like, it's a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Like it reviewing is probably the fastest way to take the magic out of it. Like I'm, mm. My entire life I've played, like you, I my first system was my mom's Atari that we dusted off out of the basement or whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't even say this as a joke. I was playing E.T. on the Atari at like six or seven years old thinking like, <laughs> I can't believe what they accomplished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I really, yes. like I really did. Yes. Um, yes. All those old Atari games. So I'm, I'm from that camp. I think it was in one of Jason Schreier's books where he quoted somebody as saying like, every video game is a miracle of mm-hmm. just technology and effort and just pure magic. And I, f- I do feel that way, especially with yeah. games. Now it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't like battlefront two. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to say about this? You know. So it's getting yeah. harder and harder. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's the thing that I would, I would always tell people is like reviewing games is, uh, I mean, if you if you take you know if you're reviewing games and you take it seriously, and I take it very seriously, um, it's not it's not um, it's not a walk in the park. Let's just put it that way, right? <laughs> it's a labor of love. <laughs> yeah, it is a labor of love. And again, I enjoy it, but it's it's work. So, well, keep it up. I, can, I, I probably <laughs> and like the other side is. Now that I'm doing more with trying to get back into developing games and stuff like that, I yeah. wouldn't feel comfortable doing it at this point anyway. You'll, yeah. you'll notice a lot of what I write about games now is strictly like what I like about stuff. And yeah. I say this all the time, like I feel a lot of developers and some studios and stuff will be like as part of our content while we're waiting to show you our next alpha footage or you know a chat with the the developers which is cool they'll fill in the time with like we're gonna do game reviews on the side and i'm like uh i, uh, I don't think yeah. you should do that yeah it is a it's that's um it's an interesting yeah because i mean like if you wanted to go back or go to a different studio i'm not i don't know i mean i guess there is a skill that you could bring and say like how you think maybe that game would review 
before it gets to reviewers. Maybe you can bring that to the table saying, yeah, I used to review games and this is, this is what I can bring to the table. But no, I agree. I think that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting, uh, double-edged sword, I guess. So. It's it's a bit of a modern conundrum because yeah. to be fair, we have, we being just the internet, we have kind of forced them into a corner because they're putting their stuff out on YouTube when it's ready, where like, if you don't have like a weekly video or more, mm. no one's going to he- hear the things you have to say when it's important. And so yeah. they probably feel like they have to constantly put out something. Yeah. And I'll give you this. Like if you wanted to, as a developer at one studio, play something and dive deep into something like let's talk about the design. Let's talk about the level design here. Point out things people might not notice, things you would do differently. I'm not I don't have any issue with that. And I I would probably be right there with everybody watching it. I just don't know about the like two thumbs down, bro. Smash like and subscribe. Like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a well, it's weird, right? Like, I feel like that's um, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, weird space for sure. Because I feel like you have, I mean, okay, not I or you or or most people, like, but I do think some people feel like I have to be over the top or I have to do something completely different to make myself seen and known. Right. And I do think there's also a little bit of, uh, wanting to be famous, um, (laughs) in this, in this, you know, in this, in the social media world, uh, whether it be like on Twitter or, or, um, or on YouTube or whatever, right. Like there's a sense of like, I want to be famous. So I'm going to do something like crazy or over the top or, you know, say something like that's going to be shocking. and that's not me. And I, I never want that to be me either. So, uh, I, I will say like, like my, like our fan base is a loyal fan base, but it's not like, I don't get thousands of downloads of my podcast, which is fine. Right. Um, but I also value the fact that I'm not going out there trying to like say something to just get a sound bite so people be like oh what what was said on gamerheads this week right like <laughs> I, that's just not and i'll never be that and that's okay you know um, you've arrived when there's a youtube channel that like just puts clips of you saying very specific things on youtube <laughs> <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean the obvious example is joe rogan you can go to like yeah. joe rogan clips or whatever and like of course everyone's like i can't believe that was said like yeah. no of course not that's what it is that's the, yes. that's the brand yes. but yeah. uh yeah. that's think, the brand that's the thing that's i don't want that to be my brand right like right. yeah i but i think we're forcing that too a little bit it's like you know the the superstar game reviewer or the superstar uh twitter influencer or whatever if they put out a game that is a bestseller right away and that's mm. not fair. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it deserves to be. I mean, there for sure. We've we all can think of probably uh, very high profile developers on Twitter who've put out yeah. very good games, and that yeah. that deserves to be up there. But we don't want it to have to be that way. Is yeah. I guess the the big thing. So it's hard because a lot of a lot of listeners in this audience come to me like, hey, I'm. I'm I'm following along because I'm trying to learn how to promote my studio and how to like reach mm. audiences just like this one. And I go, yeah, great. Like really, really latch on to the stuff we talk about with marketing and reaching out on social to the, the people you want to play the game. 
but it's like, how far do you take it? You know, it's like, how, how much yeah. of yourself do you give to, I should be coding, but instead I'm like trying to follow 200 people today, engage with 50 tweets and then put out something that's popular on my own. And it's all, it's all time spent one way or the other. And the, the day doesn't get any longer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really, it's really hard. I would, uh, indie studios, like, uh, small indie studios. It's hard to, I'd like the ones that I've talked to, like, I think they realize like, wow, there's a, there's a marketing aspect that I didn't realize how much marketing was going to go into marketing this game. Right. And how much work and how much effort was going to go into that. I mean, I've heard that several times when I interviewed developers, uh, indie developers, um, yeah, it's it's weird. You know, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking uh, like when I was a kid, uh, and I think we're probably close to the same age. I'm I'm gonna guess this. Uh, do you remember card catalogs? Do you remember card catalogs? The old boxy sure. card. Okay. Yeah. So when you, when I was a kid, like you go to the card catalog, there were there were certain authors that you knew were like experts in certain things. Like if I had to write a paper, I knew what, what author I was going to go through, through the card catalog. Uh, and it's interesting that when the card catalog went obsolete, you know, they went to an online catalog, like the amount of like books also available. Like, I don't know, it's probably, it probably is not really correlation, but it feels like, wow, there's a lot more authors out there that are writing <laughs> stuff. Right. And there's just more opportunities for authors to write more like, you know, and, and do self-publishing or whatever the case, or more publishers too. Um, and it started flooding the, you know, like who's the expert now in certain topics, right? Like I can't just go to a card catalog. It's the same thing. I think of like games, like when I was a kid, you know, uh, there weren't as many games coming out every year. Uh, so like I knew like, Oh, the, the big titles are who, who was going to create like certain games. Right. But after a while, it's like, wow, there's so many, uh, opportunities out there for uh, games for gamers to play all these different games. Um, it's probably hard for, for, I mean, I know it's hard for developers to be like, how do I, uh, if I'm a small studio, how do I navigate this water and make my game known amongst the other 150 games that are releasing that day. Right. Or that week or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's not easy for sure. Well, here's the thought. We go back to card catalogs for <laughs> games. <laughs> and if, it's like, if it's just some like cheap asset flip, we go like, I'm, this isn't getting a card. No, get yeah, it, no. Get it. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, this is well, whatever. There is something to that, though. Right. I mean, I think like having like, well, our, people go through it and just saying like junk, junk. Like, I don't want this on my store. I want this on my store. Ooh, this game I want on my store. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's unreasonable, though. Um and it's hard because it it sounds elitist or gatekeeper-y, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think there's something to having some barrier for entry. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like, we've explored this on the podcast because we, we were doing shows while Steam said that they were going to start uh, changing, you know, the green light program. And uh, there was yep. going to be a certain amount of money you were going to spend to publish a game and, and things like that. Um, I don't think the barrier for entry should be nothing because yeah. it does get abused. And yeah. we do create an ocean where it's impossible to like stick your head out of the water and be seen even for pretty good work. I do think we're at a point where we're not seeing enough of the right stuff because good stuff is getting buried. It's yeah. 
it's too algorithmy and uh, influencery. I I say that, but what's the solution? Mm, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the card catalog. We go back to what deserves, <laughs> what fits in the shoebox that you can pull out at the library. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. I mean, I, I do think though that's why shows like this show uh, is important because um, there's a lot of like indie studios that do really great work. Right. And to highlight those studios and bring them up. Right. Like, I think that's really important. Um, I know like I, not that I would turn down a triple A studio and like interview, but I do like interviewing indie studios because of the fact that first of all, it's not all like, PR or corporate talk, right? Like there's only certain things that certain, you know, like you can always say these things on a podcast or interview, right? Um, You get more of a raw, I guess, like uh, feel for things, but also like a lot of times, like there's two devs and they do the art and the marketing and the development. And, you know, it's like you get a lot more um, of the picture, the whole picture uh, from indie studios. And I feel like they really appreciate the fact that, like, hey, thank you for taking the time to uh, setting down, playing my game, first of all, and then taking time to meet with me and talk to me about the game and having other people hear about it. So, Yeah, and well, thank you for saying that and pointing that out because I that is a really big part of what I do. And when I started, I fell into an easy trap, like a very alluring thing where it's like, yeah, try to get that Bungie interview. Try to get somebody <laughs> at Blizzard to come on. And um, I, <laughs> I uh, had a discussion with uh, Brenda Romero one time about coming on the show. And and I've I've really always like reached for the stars with booking and everything. But I you've also seen me come to you and go, I don't think I can keep doing it because the corporate <laughs> PR stuff is driving me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't keep up with it. And the truth is there's a very natural progression of things where when you're the indie podcaster and you can reach out to the indie person who's having trouble getting heard anywhere, mm-hmm. you guys come together, magic happens. It's, yeah. it, it's really compelling. Like you said, to talk to that person who's spending a third of the day on art, a third on code and a third on networking. Like, yeah, of course I want to hear from an hour of that person rather than somebody <laughs> who's going to spend the rest of the week just talking to investors, yeah. you know, <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, or sneaking <laughs> NFT stuff on me. You know? like, <laughs> send me a pitch about like, we're doing something no one's ever seen before and turns out to be something we're all seeing all day long. Wow, uh, I got the same pitch. That is so funny. <laughs> right. We got to start comparing emails. I'm sure we're yeah, getting we all do. the same stuff. You know, we did. There was, some, there was an email that you shared. Uh, I don't remember what it was. And I'm like, wow, that's shocking. I got that same email. And it was just like really like over the top, really strange, like, what is this? Like, you can make money now with your podcast. Just, you know, I'm like, no, no, that's no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> this is nonsense. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it's funny because they're aggressive sometimes, mm-hmm. which I, I kind of like. It's very entertaining for me. I We get the, the strangest emails from these folks who will like send something. They know it's just a completely off the wall pitch. And they will get kind of snippy about it. Like a week later, I'll get an email that just says, following up. <laughs> like, that's the whole email. I'm like, who, who, who do you think you're talking to? Right? Like, you shouldn't talk to anyone this way. <laughs> like, 
Or um, the, the last one before I put the podcast on hiatus last time was I sent one response to somebody like, if you can send me more information, I would consider this. And like three days later, somebody at their company got back to me like, did you ever get anywhere with this? And I'm like, listen, I do not work for your fast food restaurant. I would like you to speak to me with some decorum a little bit. You know? I'm not your boss, but like I'm, I am another human on earth. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe we could yeah. treat each other with some respect. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 That's funny. That's, um, you know, I, I will say like for the most part, uh, the, the studios or the PR firms that I've worked with have been absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah, same. so yeah. yeah, but it is like the, probably some of the unsolicited ones that you're like, what is this? Like, how, how did this get to me? How did you even find me? Like, why are you sending me this? Uh, those are the weird ones. And then I always think to myself, like, you know, like I, I'm a nobody. So why are you reaching out to me? <laughs> like, do you know I'm also a nobody? Like, I have a theory <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever, ever shared this, but we have both seen some of the really nice tweets where one indie studio or a website or something goes, I'm compiling a list of places for indies to talk about their games. So if you run a website, a blog, a TikTok, a YouTube, tell us what it is. I'm making a big, like, you know, Google Excel sheet or whatever it is. Yeah. And I will usually hit those up like, hey, I run a website. I can't promise to get to everybody, but I do the best I can. Always happy to hear from you. Worst I can say is no, or I, I can't do it yet. Um, and so I'll do that and they'll put me on these lists. I think there are larger PR firms that just swoop in and take the list <laughs> Probably. And, and I get stuff from like cosmetic companies. Yeah. Um, you get some of the cosmetics. Yes. See, this, this has to be what's going on. They go like, it's Oh weird. look, these, like, these little nobodies why? put together a list yeah. of other nobodies. Let's yeah. go bother them. <laughs> Let's go bother them. Just throw spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. Right. Like, why are you reaching out to me about like the greatest, you know, nude clothing? Like I'm, you know, but then part of me is like, maybe, maybe they think that I'm such a great reviewer. They're like, Hey, this guy like knows fashion too. I bet you. And I'm like, no, 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 they, no. Look at this no. well-dressed gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this well-dressed guy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Respect a good t-shirt when you see it. That's what you like when you see me. I get it. This guy's been to Target. Yeah. That's, that's my life. I I should I should hit you up more often with some of the off the wall emails. Um I for sure had one recently about farm animals. There was like a farm animal rescue, Whoa. which Whoa. was like and I told him I'm like, look, this is the nicest thing in the world. And if there's any conceivable way for me to make this work, like I I because if you if you branch out a little things get even worse. <laughs> then it's like, I want to talk about toilet paper. We would love to send you a press release. Like, ugh. send no. you a press release about the newest, the softest toilet paper that will ever touch your bum. And you're like, w maybe I kind of want to find out about, no, I don't No, I don't <laughs> send me a sample. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Send me a sample. Like I would say we'll that, see. but I would do that ad read in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> segment brought to you by Charmin. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's funny. Have, that have is really you, funny. Like, like things are, are branching. I was just talking to somebody in, in the recording for the last episode, which 
for people hearing it, it'll be a week ago. For me, it was hours ago, um, <laughs> closer to lunchtime. But somebody was saying, like, they were observing that they work with influencers and it's not just game specific stuff anymore. Everybody wants to get to the gaming audience mm. because the the gamers are getting older. They're realizing mm. it's like gaming is a reflection of everyone. And yeah. so if you do have something for everyone, that's who you need to talk to. And it's just as easy to hit up somebody on Twitch as it is to try to get on NPR or a bad example, but like whatever um, small cable network or whatever it is, like if you get to the content creators, you've really got the same kind of audience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, part of it is like, because we like, uh, uh, we are getting older and, and we have, well, I mean, in theory, we have more disposable income, which I'm not sure that's true or not, but it it's feels nice like idea. we should. Yeah. It's a nice idea. We're supposed right? to, right. <laughs> We're supposed to, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, in, in, and also like, which is really funny that because of because like a lot of marketing firms are looking at like gamers now and saying like oh like look at how much it's like we're, we were here for 40 years like <laughs> <laughs> you've ignored our entire lives <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's the same thing i'll say the same thing with like marvel comics or any comic book i shouldn't say just marvel comics i'm saying marvel because you're wearing and i'm a huge marvel fan too and here i am uh, <laughs> yeah i hear you over wearing a marvel shirt um but like, you know, like now it's really cool. Like everything's all Marvel, Marvel, Marvel or superheroes. Right. And like, look how much money that is. Look how much money is in this. And I'm like, I like this stuff when it wasn't cool to like this stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, you got a you got a superhero lunchbox. What's wrong with you? I'm like, what? It's cool. And like, you know, and then you get punched for your for your sandwich. Right. You get punched in the gut. <laughs> your sandwiches get stolen from you. And you're like, mom. But uh but yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's weird to me because growing up, like, it was a subset of, like, I don't want to say a subset, but like a small group of people that liked the same stuff that I liked. And uh, and I came from a very small, small, small community. So, like, those people that liked the same things I like were way smaller than if you lived in a bigger city, right? And then when I got to college, I was like, oh, there's other like-minded people that like the same things I do. And now it's like, it's cool to like video games and it's cool to like comic books. And I'm like, why wasn't it cool when I was a kid? I, Oh, I know it's, it's easy to go to a dark place when you look back at like the way things went for us as kids and teenagers, when it was like, we liked perfectly reasonable things. Like we enjoyed stuff on Nintendo and looking back in the last couple of years, like they're going to, redo like a new turtles game or something like yeah. i just feel anger like wh why was it such a problem i liked this in 1994 <laughs> right <laughs> right i 100 agree it's like yeah i and i got picked on and i mean i wouldn't say picked on a lot but like i wasn't the sporty kid i wasn't yeah. like the you know the kid that was gonna go and become prom king uh but uh you know, but I liked my video games and I liked my comic books and I liked, you know, all the nerdy things. I like D and D. I like D and D. Yeah. And now people are like D and D is so much. And I'm like, yes, I've been saying this for a long time. It's great. It builds critical <laughs> thinking skills. Where yeah. were you all 40 years ago? Uh, and it's what's sad is like, 
think of how much more accepting we'll be of that in another 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. I still have relatives in my family who hear D&D and they're like, is, is that like cult stuff? Like, is that like, that's, that's like devil stuff, right? Like, no, no. And I don't know how to convince you anymore. <laughs> like, as far as we've come, there's nothing left for me to say. It's like, check the internet or something. I don't know. Mm-mm. Oh my goodness. It's funny because I had a, I had a former uh, boss that we were talking about learning, uh, adult learning, and 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 how do you how do you teach how do you I don't want to say teach because like adult learning is not about teaching it's about facilitating how do you facilitate critical thinking like how do you instill critical thinking into somebody because it's hard right and he said well one thing that I don't remember where he was working but he said you know we would give them a scenario. And we'd give these people a scenario and they would work through the scenario. And it didn't matter if it was right or wrong, but we just wanted to see how they work through the scenario. And then you can kind of like help them guide them to critical thinking skills. And I was like, that's D and D he's like, what? And I'm like, that's Dungeons and Dragons. Like I was Nothing doing that when I was seven, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like there's, there's still so much on the table in terms of like using this stuff to teach, opening up people's minds, uh, making those skill sets more fun to discover. Uh, I guess we've just made one big circle with this because <laughs> it's just for, for every progressive age, you just go on through the list, but that's right. That's like, I, I guess in a lot of ways, that's the future. And think of how important it's going to be that we really get our minds around this when, I mean, like we we crack jokes about the metaverse and stuff, but I mean, that stuff's coming. There's going to yeah. be a much more online universe where uh more stuff is going to happen and it's gonna be pretty important that we get very good at teaching people how to think about certain things yeah and i was just reading an article about i don't know if you recall any of those systems where say you got like a new packard bell computer in the late 90s or early (laughs) 2000s and instead of just dumping windows on people they found that they had so many returns from people who couldn't figure their computers out that they started making those silly like house things where they would like drop icons around a picture of a living room or something. And if you hovered mm. over it, like you could get to solitaire or over here on the desk is email. They had yeah. to like help people visualize it and show them how to think about this new thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a precursor of what we have to do with more and more stuff now. And it's with VR and, you know, this online universe, we're going to have to like, everyone's going to be teaching with their development. It's, it's not going to be optional much longer. I don't think, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think it's, it's funny that you say that because, uh, there are moments where my kids have now surpassed me on certain things. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm turning into my dad. Right. Like who (laughs) couldn't program a VCR. Uh, this sounds bad, but he really couldn't, but, (laughs) but he could do things I can't like, you know, do like cool things, like, like adult things I still can't do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, like fixing cars or whatever. Like I, I don't know how to do that stuff. I have YouTube or Google for that now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but like with, with VR and it's funny that you say that because like I bought an Oculus quest cause I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I want to try this out. And the one thing I will not do is play online oh, with yeah. other people because of the fact that I hear like how people talk to each other. And it's mainly like, it's the worst. 
It is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. And, I, and as, as a parent, I'm like, I don't want my kids to be exposed to all that either. And that's one thing that I have learned uh, in the last, I don't know, 10 years or some of this, like how social media, how like online has really changed how we talk to each other. And it's just really strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I had the quest one. I haven't gone forward with that. I'm waiting to see what else comes out. But yeah. when I had the quest one, I wanted to try the, the big VR poker game, the poker stars or yeah. whatever it was. Cause I thought yeah. it sounds kind of like a novel idea. I can sit here with my thing and I can play cards <laughs> with people who aren't there, which yeah. okay, neat. And it was so creepy. Like the online factor. Mm. I could hear someone breathing over my shoulder. I was like, (laughs) and it only got worse. Like I tried to leave the game and couldn't entirely figure it out. And so I'm like, you have to pull up your wrist and this little menu projects outward and they can see me doing it, trying to figure it out. And this this dude's next to me like, Jesus Christ, go to the other tab. No, the other one. I'm like, I I just took the thing off. I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) I can't do this. He's trying to leave. Look at him. He's trying to leave. <laughs> Look at this idiot trying to get out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> we can him. still see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. Now you can see me too. I like my camera went off for a second there. Now you're um, trying to leave. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like he's trying to leave. He's trying to leave. <laughs> How do it's I the, turn off my camera? <laughs> it's the end meeting button. <laughs> <laughs> What a great uh, way to wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really appreciate you having me on here. And I uh, I hope that you can get something out of the ramblings that I had today. <laughs> oh, no, there's there's plenty. Like, people, believe me, people relate to this stuff. They know about the crazy world of reviews. And we, we have talk about how to teach people stuff because... You know, you're onboarding everybody with your game projects. There's almost nothing you can make that doesn't require some explanation. We've had a couple of episodes about that alone. Yeah. And that's a a frame of mind everybody has to stay in. So uh, thinking about how to teach and, again, warning everybody, only going to get more important, I think, as as the next few levels of technology kind of roll out. It's it's not going to get any easier. So we got to be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as we do wrap up, make sure everybody knows where to find uh, anything you want them to see. Yeah. So um, you can find GamerHeads at any of your podcasting apps. So if you listen to like TuneIn or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us. Uh, you can also find us online at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. So you can check out um our podcast there and then like i said i do sometimes i do some reviews now just personally um and then i post articles sometimes too um but if you want to follow me on social media it's nintendo raj i I know that's like a worst i worst twitter twitter hand handle ever is like what it's a what um And and then also I would encourage people to check out Pure Nintendo as well because I do like I said I do reviews and I do articles. Um, we do a bi-monthly magazine, um, and my last feature article I had a feature article in the last magazine which was awesome, yeah. uh, and it was called Switching on a Budget. So it was like games that are under ten dollars on the Switch, nice. and highlight three of them. So you can go check that out too. The single hardest system to play on a budget if you ask me 
I, I think it's pretty difficult to keep things affordable on the Switch. So good for you. On the Switch. Uh, if you if you uh, if you know where to find the gems, they're there. But yeah, it's uh, you have to dig sometimes. So. <laughs> so so Roger's a good guy to know for a number of reasons, especially if you have a Switch. <laughs> but uh, this is awesome. Don't be a stranger. And uh, thanks for hanging out for a while. Yeah, thank you so much. Take care. If you enjoyed the show please think about hitting follow or subscribe won't cost you a thing and it's a big deal on this end we have show notes at codewriteplay.com along with articles news and other stuff you can follow us on social the show is at gamedevpod the website is at codewriteplay and me todd mitchell at mechatodzilla with one d and two l's don't hesitate to reach out to help us make this the show you want to hear and we will catch you next time thanks everybody thanks everybody